0: ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another episode of beat school i am your dedicated host Kia Orion, the man who is obsessed with making dope music and teaching you how to make your own welcome back to another episode of beat school this is the podcast where we break down everything around music production singing songwriting marketing and selling your music online um, this is your first time here welcome uh, and if you're a turning guest i uh, appreciate you tuning in you could be anywhere in the world put you here with me, and I appreciate that. In today's episode, we're going to do another Q&A style. During the pandemic, I've been doing a lot of Q&A shows where people have been sliding into DM, or I'll even hop on uh, to different forums. I have a community and just answering people's questions because uh, I realize that it's a a confusing game, a lot of misinformation out there. And so I really try my best to drop some gems on y'all. I'm constantly learning, leveling up, and I like to share that stuff with you guys as well. I'm also trapping out the crib. You know, um, it's during the um, I'm recording this during the pandemic, so um, I'm at the the crib with mom and dad. So if you hear people in the background, um, or if you hear my dog, or if you hear the refrigerator, we work with what we got. I'm not gonna let that stop us dropping gems on y'all. So without further ado, let's. Get into this motherfucker. So, the first one is coming from young Corleone... And the question is selling melodies. This says, I've been trying to sell my beats for a while with little to no success. Or I've been getting much recognition in terms of the melodies that I make with a couple of producers asking if I could make melodies for them. Should I try instead of selling beats to do more of a service for creating melodies for other producers? So first of all, Corleone, this is an amazing avenue. If you can make melodies for someone like myself who is not melody inclined, this is a huge, um, a huge potential revenue maker for yourself um i think you could partner with uh, somebody like splice you could make a sample pack for them or just make your own sample packs build your brand and then sell them like that there's some uh listen to producer grind podcast or the podcast where they have on these big shop producers and there are a few guys i forget their names coming off the top but really dope um guys that just mess with melodies and just sell melody packs. This is also an amazing angle if you're trying to get placements, uh, to do collaborations with producers because if you might try to get trying to just get your own beat placed might be hard, but I think KBZ and a few other guys I've heard talk about their first placements came from getting their melodies just placed in other producers' beats. So that might be a way to do it is find someone who's already established, who's already getting placements and then network with them and just send them melody packs. Um and then if one of your joints gets ends up ends up getting used, that's kind of your foot in the door. So this is an amazing angle if you want to do that. Don't let don't get discouraged. If melodies are your thing, I talk about this all the time. Lean into that. Do what you love. The points to have fun. Don't feel like if you aren't good at drums, like, yeah, work kind on of, it if you want to make better beats, but um selling melodies could be an amazing angle. So uh, Don't, don't beat yourself up about it. This one is by broad insurance, making a beat for someone like YG or slim 400, uh, broad insurance. I'm going to be honest. I don't know much about slim 400, but, uh, and you said, I've been, I want to make beats for them like YG or slim All my opinion, slim, blah, blah, blah. What I'm welcoming your input. How would, how would the YG sound be classified today? If you want to make beats for YG, I think you really gotta go study that like DJ Mustard sound. There's like very much this West Coast kind of like G funk vibe, um, that is like a lot. It's very bass heavy. Or you could even listen to like some of G Easy stuff. I think there's like this kind of like hyphy, like kind of Bay Area vibe that is um, that I think someone like YG would really mess with. Um, like very bass heavy a lot. A lot of times it's, like very minimal uh like percussion it's got a certain bounce to it the drums not like just kind of knock a certain way um and if i if i were you i would just go i would look up dj mustard's production discography and then just like see some of his work and go in and just study the shit out of those beats and try to remake them that's always one of my piece of advice for people is try to remake beats that you love if you're especially if you're looking for a certain style just study him man study study um Study mustard. That'd be my go-to. Um, all right. This one's by SDJ18. Terrible name. Change it. Brand new and would like a mentor or help. They said, the only thing I've made is a diss track about my friend. What kind of a friend are you? Making diss tracks about you? That's cold, bro. That's cold. Uh, and enjoyed the whole experience of creating a beat, blah, 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 being in a studio. Um, I teach during the day but would wor- love to work on this any time after. Any interest in helping a teacher out? Yo, first of all, SDJ. I was a substitute teacher, a high school substitute teacher, for two years. And so I feel you, bro. It's tough. Working as a teacher, I've got so much respect for teachers, high school, middle school, elementary, whatever, because it's so hard. Dealing with kids is tough. So the fact that you even have energy to come home and want to work on that, um, I admire you. I, that was kind of my hustle for a few years was I, was I was a substitute teacher, and then I'd come home, work on making music. Um, so I feel you, dude. My biggest thing would be um, – This is a shameless plug. Take the beat boot camp. uh, Work on making four beats in four weeks that's my signature program from the beat school you can find that at thebeatbootcamp.com or at beatschoolonline.com check it all out there and that's really what I do is I teach producers how to level up quickly with structured plans um, and so what we do in beat boot camp uh, kind of in general too if you just kind of want some general gems is focus on the foundations focus on what's really important your 80-20 principle what's going to get you the most bang for your buck don't worry about on the fancy stupid shit that you're going to, if you go into the YouTube, try to learn on your own, you're going to fall into that rabbit hole. I'm just watching a lot of advanced tutorials and stuff on things that don't really matter. Focus on your foundations. The three big foundations that we focus on in beat school and in the beat bootcamp program that I would recommend to you is focus on, um, your arrangement understanding how beats are structured in terms of arrangement so that's like an intro or a verse and a hook and kind of the structure of a beat so that way you really know you have an idea of what it goes into making a beat kind of from top to bottom in that regard two, remake a lot of your favorite beats this is another thing i recommend to people in uh, in the boot camp what i have people do is uh remake some of their favorite beats and the reason i recommend this even like i recommended in a a couple questions ago was because you really start to understand what goes into your favorite beats what goes into beats that you love you get to notice things that these people are doing and then incorporate that in your own style the last thing that i would focus on as a beginner is mixing not with fancy plugins get to know your DAW, but get to know some mixing in terms of using your stock plugins and understand what goes into a good mix um Because even if your beats aren't super crazy fire with melodies and all this crazy stuff, if it's mixed well, if you can focus on your mixing, get some feedback, that goes a long way. So again, if you want some help, reach out, Beat Bootcamp. uh, That's what we do. We help beginners level up fast. All right. Uh, This one is by the infamous Blackstar. Any tutorial on how to get really good at chords in your DAW? Any advice? Um, Yeah, man. This one you're gonna have to know a little bit of music theory or this is a shameless plug- this isn't a shameless plug. This is a plug I need to be getting paid for this. I'm not even an affiliate. Um what's what do they call, man? I wish I could remember. There's a midi chord pack. It's like audio plug or something like that. I can't remember. If there's a midi Google MIDI chord pack, I guarantee you'll come up um I've seen these guys ads on YouTube their SEO is probably nice they'll probably hook it up but I bought this midi cord back and this was huge for me because then you can just plug and play midi cords and it's huge and so if you're like dead set on um Learning how to do this, then I would say this would take some investment in music theory, learn how to play some keys, learn how this really works. But if you don't have that time, you just want to get some pretty sounded shit, and get it going, get it going fast. Definitely buy a MIDI chord back Uh, that helped me out a lot, just being able to kind of like plug and play those in certain ways. All right, this one's by Jacob Jans Eight, and they say, does anyone rip MP3s off YouTube for samples? Or get a purposely underground quality sound. They say I made beats, blah blah blah. YouTube M2, blah, 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 upcoming project, plenty to remake beats. Um, however, I like the style is, that I like is a real muddy kind of underground, like MF Doom, Public Enemy. Anyone probably use MP3. Yes. So, uh, Jacob, pretty much what I'd say to you is, I would say it depends on the vibe you want. Um, you can get some really cool kind of like gritty vocals and uh, kind of old. Whether these are acapellas that you want or whether these are old samples ripping them off empty, um, YouTube is automatically going to kind of give them like a lo-fi sound. But then you can really like dust these up with something like a um, retro color, RC-20 retro color. That's another way you can get make things purposely sound kind of like warped and muddled and have that kind of like vinyl scratchy uh, kind of vibe that you're shooting for. But if you're going lo-fi, I would absolutely rip some stuff off YouTube um, just because one, it's easy, and two, it's already going to be kind of like – a poor quality, which is – if that's kind of your vibe, then I'd say go for it. Um, this one is by – this one's produced by Mebius. Interesting name. It says, hey, guys, can you help me? I just loaded a snippet of a beat on IG. This guy contacted me. I, I just started selling. I don't know how to stuff on the, um, how this stuff works, but it sounds sketchy, doesn't it? And so we just posted uh, a screenshot of his IG, and the guy says, yo, and he says, what's up? And then the guy says, can I buy a recent beat? And that's what he's asking about. Uh, dude, if you're doing your job in marketing and marketing an IG correctly, this is actually exactly what you want, is kind of some inbound marketing. You want um, people to reach out and want to buy your beats. Um, I think the hard part is if you're dealing with every single potential customer in this way, your prices are gonna be all over the place. And it can just take up a lot of time. I do think, you know, as Gary Vee would say, it goes down in the DM. Um, a lot of guys crush it on sales in uh, direct message. I also think um, a good way to do this is to have a BeatStars page. That's what I recommend. If you're going to be selling beats, um, you can do it all through inbound through DM or email, but again, like I said, it just takes a lot of time rather than just having some sort of standard procedure. Now, in this case, if a guy hits you up, I wouldn't just directly send him to BeatStars because you want to kind of like massage that sale a little bit more. So I would say talk to him a little bit, kind of see what see what kind of a lease he wants and just kind of um, dig into a little bit more rather than just sending traffic straight to BeatStars. But Once you kind of get a vibe and he commits to it, having uh, a BeatStars page or a dedicated page, whether it's Airbit or one of the other kind of online joints, where you have uh, designated licenses and prices for your beats, like different tiers can go a long way. Also, with those, they automate the licenses. So that way, when you buy, if you just want an MP3, that's going to be very different than if you want stems for your track. And... That way, you don't have to send individual licenses to every single person who who buys from you. It's just all standardized through BeatStars, which is great. Um, but massage that sale a little bit. It's not sketchy. If someone's signing your DM for a beat, that's actually a good thing. Figure out what kind of, um, uh, but 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 figure out what kind of license he wants, and then run from there. Also, just as a tip, the best customers going to be the ones that have already bought from you. So, I, might be worth it as well trying to build some sort of relationship with these guys through DM and then keeping in touch with them over time. Because if he's a rapper or any type of musician, chances are in the future, he's going to need more beats. So it's going to be top of mind for that sort of thing. Okay. Keeping it rocking and rolling by PG 13 superstar. O, and other producers, he says, I've seen superstar and other online producers, uh, never get paid too much attention, but then on their social media, it's extreme. Uh, Everything I see is an ad firm stuff or a profile says multi platinum producer. Mm-mm, what's going on? Is he some gorgeous producer or is he tricking us? Okay, so this one's interesting. So PG 13% um, is kind of a short backstory on this question. Um, back in the day, it was probably almost a decade ago, uh, I was an intern at Island Def Jam and in their A&R department and so pretty much in A&R what you're doing is you're scouting looking for new artists and a lot of it a lot of my job was like more it was just like searching through spreadsheets of these artists and then tracking them week to week on their metrics on like how many followers they had on all these different platforms etc and then depending on the metrics how much they were growing or building then the label would want to reach out to them and so it was kind of depressing because I saw all of these artists that I loved and believed in but since they weren't the next sixteen-year-old white girl in her bedroom that label had no interest in him, so it was crushing. But on the other hand, which is really cool, was going through and seeing all these indie artists that you've never even heard of before, who have been who were killing it. And so, just because if you see some of these guys on uh, IG, a lot of guys just flex, and it isn't always true. But I have seen some stuff with Superstar O. He might not be like your Murder Beats or your Boy Wonder or like have these huge placements. Um, He might be like your household type of name producer, but that doesn't mean that he isn't running an incredibly successful business with his production. So Superstar O, again, I'm going to shout out Producer Grind Podcast. Um, Go listen to them. Great interviews. But he's on there and I listen to his interview and like there are so many ways as a producer, um, any musician to generate revenue online that doesn't have to be through major placements. I'm not sure if you've been paying attention to the guys at Legion Beats, but um, those guys like made over a million dollars this last year just from their online beat sales. And you probably haven't heard of like Legion Beats like producing for Drake or any of these other guys, but because they've got their system in place, they've got re- recurring revenue, they've got good customer relations, like you can really crush it. You just might not be in the spotlight. And so it depends, again, on kind of what type of a career you want, what type of a vibe you want. If you want to be one of those big spotlight producers, you're going to need major placements. But if you're willing to still run – if you want to be able to run your own beat business, be a producer, live a good life, you don't need – to be a household name by any means. I think Superstar O, all of the stuff that he posts, I believe is legit. Um, He's like an OG in the online beat selling game. So he's probably got tons of customers that come back to him for beats. So you can make a really good living online. Um, You you don't have to be a superstar to do it, which is ironic because that's his name. All right, and moving on to the next one. On to the next, uh, on to the next one. This one's by Johnny319. How to sell sell beats. How to sell beats my artists don't use. I think you fucked the question up, but I'm gonna help you out here. Um how to sell beats your artists don't use. He says artists I work with have finished a lot of songs. Um but I'm making too many beats for them to use. Do I just have all my beats for lease until one of the artists picks one? Or do I pull it down and treat it like an exclusive? Excuse me. I was I thought I was gonna sneeze and then I yawned. That was strange. Um This is tough because you can't Unless you're really close with that artist, you can't wait for artists. As an artist myself, um, we will feed. We will sometimes feel inspiration in the moment and then not always get back to it. So we might say, "Hey, Johnny, save this beat for me. I'm gonna write to it," and never get to it. You gotta be. You gotta communicate. Cl- you have to communicate clearly with those artists and make sure that they work on really telling you and following up about those beats that you put out there. There's a reason that Wiz Khalifa has a beat out there on a song that's the same as G-Eazy's Order More beat. I think it was like Starro or somebody like that who produced it. He's obviously – these guys send the same beats to a bunch of different people, and then it's first come, first serve, right? Or whoever has the most clout. Like if it's somebody and then Drake is like, I'm going to use the beat. You're like, okay, yeah, Drake got this one. Um, But unless you sell it exclusively to them, you got to say, hey, man, tell me – because I'm going to be putting this up on the beat store or unless you really use this, unless you get back to me within a week or two, or whatever, like just know I'm, I'm going to this is a dope beat. I can profit off of this. And so it is common to send multiple beats to multiple artists and then also sell it online if you want. And it really depends on um, who if someone approaches you to buy it exclusively and then how you handle it from there. Um, I've kind of retroactively sold beats exclusively that I've already sold to other places. But then I say, hey, man, I've sold this beat before. Just as a heads up, but I'll stop selling it for you now. And people are cool with that. Um, it just really depends on what your relationship is with the artist and making sure you're clear uh, that until somebody gives you that bread or unless your word is like you're close with them, like ex- you're going to be you got to eat, too. So exclusive a lot of people want exclusives but never follow through on it. So make sure that they make sure you get that bread before you just put that on whole. It might be a dope beat and then they never get back to you and could be a potential revenue generator. All right, this one's by Ape Man Drangus. It says I need some advice. This post pertains to making sample based a sample based sonically cohesive. It says I've been making beats all year and it's my current hang-up. I sample from YouTube and build an FL. But then, how do I normalize my samples? This is my highest up. All my beats sound different sonically. I really want to build a cohesive tape. So, a lot of this comes down to, it's less about normalizing your samples and learning how to mix. Um, Ape Man, I would say, uh, learning how to get a sample to fit in a mix is an art, right? That's an alchemy. That's something that takes time. This isn't going to be a quick fix. This isn't going to be like, oh, you're supposed to, right click and normalize the sample, and now they all sound the same. This is more like you gotta learn how to EQ these samples so that your drums come through and that other instruments are sounding okay. This is learning how to use certain effects so that the sample sounds how you want it to sound. Like this is, like I said, this is an art, right? So um, a lot of this will come down to cohesive. Something sounding cohesive often comes down to two things. One instrument choice, like is it a really strange synth with an old-school sample that are gonna butt heads? And two, how is it mixed? Like, does the mix, does everything feel like it kind of has its proper place, um, and does it sit right in relation to other instruments in your track? So that would be my advice: is really learn how to mix, um, and and make sure that your your sounds are. They aren't they kind of sound like they're meant to go together. So something to think about. Okay, this one's by Bush 945. Mix with an 808 hitting with the clap. Hey all I'm a noob, so I appreciate any feedback on this. If I put EQ on an 808 and lower the mid where the clap's frequency is, then my 808 doesn't smack anymore. I want it to bang, but I want to hear that clap as well. Bush, this is strange. Your 808s shouldn't be competing too much with your clap. I mean, unless your 808s are pitched up, this is strange, man. So what I would say is, again, learn how to mix, Um, which is just always going to be my default answer, but this comes down to experience. Uh, I mean, here are a couple quick fixes. One, you could sidechain your 808 to your clap. If you don't know what that means, Google it, but pretty much that means whenever your clap triggers, your 808 ducks out. I do this with my kick drum because the 808 and the kick are often competing for frequencies um so that's easy fix if you want side chain your clap to your 808 but another one would be um mix your i don't know maybe add some distortion to your clap so it cuts through this is a very strange question i would say i've never heard of a clap t- making it so that your 808 doesn't bang it, that almost feels like i don't know very strange to me but um How are you? I think what might be competing more with your clap is some sort of a melody or an instrument of some sort. But since I don't know the tracks and I can't listen to it, I would just say side-chaining is an easy way to get around this. Keep it moving. Um, This one is, how does compression fatten sound? This one's by Sam3255. Whenever I hear about someone talking about fattening a sound, they talk about compression. Doesn't compression make things kind of flat? Can someone explain? So this is an interesting one. Um, The way that it that it fattens a sound. If you think of something like a compressor, think of it like a tube of toothpaste, right? So a compressor, you have the sound coming in from the source, and a compressor is almost like the head of the toothpaste. This looks oddly phallic. I'm sorry, but the way that it it, it comes through like uh in a, in a uniform way. So when the, when you squeeze your toothpaste out through the head um, onto your brush. It's gonna come through all uniform like this perfect circle, and in doing so, um, you have it evens everything out and it comes out uniform, which is great. And that's kind of if you think about your music. If you think about your music, uh, like if you think of a waveform like this, and it has peaks and valleys with the 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 dynamics of your performance is that changes. Like if I'm talking like this is gonna be like this, And then if I talk louder, it's gonna increase the higher. Wait, like this. So you know what I mean? So like, but. Our vocals and our instruments naturally do that, and what a compressor does—it pretty much, it, it if you think about the toothpaste example, it pretty much squashes everything down into this tube, into so that it doesn't have high peaks or valleys. It kind of brings everything into this center stage. So it does—it fattens it up in a way, just that it doesn't have these kind of different dynamics to it. But it's at a—it's at a—it's a compromise because then you're also losing that the dynamic elements of that performance so in terms of thinking about vocals you want a compressor because everyone's voice either they're coming up to the mic or moving away or the way that their vocals are louder and softer you want to even it out some but you don't want to the more you compress it almost the more you lose that kind of soul and the energy of it sometimes because it is squashing it down so you think about it squashing it kind of fattening the sound with some compression is really good or good is debatable but can be good depending on what you want but it can also um kind of kill the life of a sound if it's done if it's overdone it can it can it can squash the soul so that would be my answer maybe not a perfect answer but at least a visual for you all right this one's by dxxbd how can i export beat items did you mean beat stems without recorded vocals in ableton um, you mute the vocal track and then you bounce it. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, this next one is by, um, Trisk. K. Okay. Uh, it says, Hip hop RB producers, what are your techniques of adding transitions to your tracks? This is something I've been stuck on for a while. What is your technique of adding transitions while formatting different sections of the track to another? So do you remember when I was talking about the boot camp at the beginning of this video and about arrangement? This would be a big piece is understanding arrangement, studying tracks that you love to figure out how they, they do this. So transitions don't always have to be a riser and an impact that can help. It can be a reversed symbol. It can be an actual riser This bill. It can be a bunch of different things. But if you listen to like a Post Malone track or a Drake track, um, a lot of times like Drake doesn't use a lot of like risers and impacts, but he'll use small Uh, techniques in the production in terms of taking drums in and out or instruments in and out. So like um, it may be the beat drops right before the hook or or maybe the whole all the instruments come out right before the hook or maybe the 808 comes out. It really is about doing small switches that signal to a listener that a change is coming without it necessarily beating them over the head with like a big riser and a huge crash. Um, And so techniques that I, that I use a lot are I take out the low end and I'll just leave like the hi-hats and snare or I'll use the last snare. I'll, I'll, I'll um, automate reverb and delay. So like, like it's like, and like, it's almost like this, like kind of expanded, like, like, like a, super snare in a way that kind of is like signals it's like oh here's a transition now we're in the hook um nothing do I might just take the snares out I might take hi-hats out you can this can look a million different ways but study beats that you like listen like really listen learn how to listen and listen to like some post Malone tracks and you'll realize that they just a lot of times they'll like just cut the beat a little bit early or they'll take out kicks 808 stuff like that um last few and then we'll get you out of here this one's by Mimi Locke Will people even want to listen to my tape if it's themed around a video game? Yes. Mimi Locke, um, look at Mac Miller's Kids. Like, that entire tape was based around a movie. Movies. People are passionate about movies. People are passionate about video games. This could be really cool. The keys is to finding the subculture of the people that are into that video game. Go find the subreddit of, like, Castlevania or whatever it is that you're into, and then people would love that because that's what they're fascinated with. So, um, no matter what it is that you pick, as nice as you want to go, people will dig it. The key is then just finding the audience for whatever it is. And this last one is by a homie who um, slid into the DM on IG. His name's Akano1. He said, Where do you get the inspiration to write lyrics every day? It looks like it comes naturally to you. akano I want to be honest. As much as i like to flex, be like, it's the gift, baby. I got to get it's not at all. This is a practice thing um, more than it is. It doesn't come naturally to me. Lyrics or something I really work hard on because um, writing, I think, makes the track like Brayson Tiller. I think is a great artist, good singer, etc. But his writing is so powerful. Drake is the same. Drake even admits this. He's like, I'm not the best singer. I'm a decent performer. I'm a great writer. Drake is an amazing writer. I really respect good writers. Frank Ocean is one of my idols, dude. Well, he's a great singer, but his songs just like are, they live on the page, right? They don't even have to be performed, and they're dope pieces of work. And so for me, I think when it comes to writing, it is a practice thing. Um, it's also a habit thing. Like it's about just doing it every day. I find if I'm in like a creative period, I do the Song a Day challenge where I'll take 30 days and just make a song every day. I end up saying a lot of the same stuff. Because as humans I think we get we kind of we get a little bit obsessive and kind of like stuck in these feedback loops where I end up thinking about the same shit over and over. But um this really comes down to treating it like a professional and once you start writing, then often the lyrics come. I'm not I'm rarely will I come into a track and already know the direction I want to go, I'll often write my way into the track. So that's a a pro tip, is create your way into your songwriting. Like, unless you really got a concept in mind, like find a beat that that you like, that resonates with you, let it speak to you, and then just start writing. Like what comes to mind, boom, 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 boom. Most of the time, my first verse, I'll start with the hook, and then as I write the first verse, or, or like the bridge, what ends up what i've used as the hook might move to be the bridge maybe i'll take four bars that i found in the um in the verse i thought were dope and i'll make that the hook like that happens all the time the writing is very fluid nothing i keep i keep very little set in stone and then after i record it i realize shit might need to even move around again after that and so I create myself into the writing. I, I rarely just like come up with anything that is worthwhile just out of the blue. So I hope that helps. All right, y'all. This episode was sponsored by our Beat Bootcamp, which I talked about already, and our free four-part producer training. This is a training that I just launched recently. Would love for you guys to take it. It's 10 years of gems. I boil it down into 10 days in a four-part video course that is – around um, both inner game and outer games. So this is like hands-on stuff in the DAW and then also kind of outer game, just like thinking about concepts, more theoretical stuff. You can find that at beatschooltraining.com, beatschooltraining.com. Check out that four-part producer series if you want to get some serious gems dropped on you. I hope this was helpful. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you want your question answered on the next episode, you can slide in the DM at Kia Orion or Kia at KiaOrion.com. We'll get it cracking. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to the crib. Check you on the next one. Peace.